0: Yeah. Alright, well Here we have the one and only Marek Kumar, welcome back my friend
1: Well thank you very much it's We
0: fun. are on the second floor podcast With you coming back on With a published book man. This happened, is yeah. unreal I have in my hands Mind without mind I've gone through the exercises I've read halfway through To the book at this point Where we could finally start talking A little bit about Um you know what the book has done for myself what led you to writing the book and where you're at in life now since the last time we chatted uh just to start off though we were talking about inner animals and for those of you listening I see Marek right now in front of me wearing his shirt that equates to his MPP which is the mission philosophy and purpose right and your inner animal man you have two you have the fox and you have the sloth. Yeah. Tell, tell me why that's your inner animal.
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 so tough to come up with with just the one, right? And, and maybe it'll evolve one day. It'll evolve into into one, but right now it makes sense that I have two. So I mean, as you, obviously they can't see it, but it says "live slow, find flow," and so it's divided into that too. So "live slow" is that is a sloth, and that doesn't necessarily mean lazy or just not wanting to do anything. It's actually kind of being more mindful, being taking your time, not rushing things right slowing things down just a little bit so that's kind of represented by the the sloth for me because uh, i it's funny to say i actually see myself as a actually kind of a lazy person and it's funny to say like you know i did a book and all that but it's like i'm actually i prefer not to push myself too much most times um so that's kind of the tapping into that, that sloth piece sometimes i need to to feed the sloth so to speak but the opposite end, i have the the fox which is you know the the fine flow so that's the resourceful one the 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 focused one who's gonna get things done, right? He's the one who wrote the book, right? He has the kind of the. But they need they need each other, and I need to find moments where each of them need to be fed appropriate times. And it's, so like for example, I did a, uh, I did a conference a couple of months ago. It was a big it was a big deal for me, like make, become one like a big high, high profile conference for me. And I did a talk, and then I killed it. After the it was in Canasus, and so afterwards we had access to the, to the you know the spa and the pool. And then there's a there's a like, hot tub there and there's like a cold pool. And I caught myself in a moment where it was like the the conference itself was me fox mode, right? I was killing it, it was in, in in the zone, right? Afterwards, I was kind of sitting in the hot tub, and I'm like, oh, like piece of shit, go in go in the cold, cold tub, like, you know, challenge yourself. like go 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 chill in the cold tub, see see what you're worth. And I caught myself I'm like, no no no, no. like that was sloth mode. Like I don't need to tap into fox like you had your time right now it's time for for the sloth uh, just relax and enjoy taking the moment right so that's kind of my my my, my philosophy and i talk about it in the book and how to create that philosophy but that's kind of comes down to those two kind of animals that kind of that are part of my kind of psyche or whatever you want to call it but that's kind of how i see myself those two types of, of personas so to speak
0: that's pretty awesome the fact that you have two to reference right i feel like so many times when we're trying to figure ourselves out we we tend to feel like we need to choose yeah. you know one element even of, of what our characteristics are and, and how we act but the fact that you could tap into both because to a degree they're, they're they're different from one another yeah right fox yeah, is really like agile and you know it's it's witty and then you have the slot to your point a little bit of element of laziness yeah. there um for me it's funny because I don't have that like when I think about my inner animal you know when Omid and I would talk about this on the show right behind us like there's a reason why we have two animals but they're, they're so far different from one another because one is Omid and one is me but we obviously always talk about the fact that second floor is is, is doesn't exist without both yeah. and, you know Omid being the wolf and myself yeah. being that that gorilla. Right, the one that's out there, and so was I. Right, you were the gorilla. Yeah, yeah, you (laughs) were right about that. (laughs) You were very accurate. That's how you know you know me, right? (laughs) And I I find that when when you're trying to figure out like what type of animal you are, you need to you, you need to do what I find you talk about in your book, where you need to ask other people how you're perceived, right? Like it's one thing to be like, oh yeah, I'm just. I'm like a gorilla and i feel like i am but then ask others what do you think what animal do you think i yeah, am yeah you know and I, I noticed in one of the self-reflection pieces where it shared um in in your book mark the idea of going to somebody and sharing um it was i believe the performance evaluation piece there was a four quadrants physical mm-hmm. mental yeah, performance profile performance profiling yeah, yeah. yeah and i liked how you were talking about taking averages of what someone would, would think you are based off of your rating and other people's rating of you. And I want you to share a little bit about performance profiling. Uh, for those who haven't read the book yet or that exercise and its importance associated with um, how you could better know uh, what you're doing well on and how to fill out the gaps.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so that's the idea of kind of getting feedback, right? Is feedback such a important, crucial tool for, for any performer? Um, and the idea of performance profiling, so it's a tool that that's kind of has its roots in, in sports psychology research, um, I forgot the first name, but Hardy was the, was the researcher who kind of created the performance profile. Basically it's, if you have to visualize a kind of a wheel with like 12 attributes where you can kind of put 12 different skills or attributes that you think you need to improve upon, and you basically rate yourself from one to 10 on, on each of these skills. So, and then you, you, you mentioned that four quadrants, right? The physical, tactical, 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 and mental, right? So you can pick three from, from each that you feel you need to kind of work on. And so the idea is you had a, it's about reflecting on yourself. Okay. What am I really kind of good at Where What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? I'm not just picking things that you're amazing at. You don't want 10 out of 10, to everything. Cause that's one that's not realistic. And then, and there's two, that's not going to get you anywhere, but it's like, okay. It, which, which, which one of my pillars am I, maybe the strongest at? Is it the physical? Is it technical? It's one of the first thing I ask, like, okay. These are the four pillars. Which one do you think you're, if you have to rate them from one to four, which one would be your, your highest? And most people would rate their mental pillar the, the lowest. It's kind of the, the common answer. And then so they rate themselves on each of these, these skills. And it's also a tool for, for goal setting as well. So, okay, now I know I want to improve. I want to improve from a five to a six in this particular skill. So in my conditioning, I want to improve that much. So then you kind of set up your goals down the road. But then the, the catch here is actually using performance profile to, to seek feedback and ask other people if your perceptions of yourself are, are accurate or not, because most of the time they're not, right? Especially guys tend to rate themselves way too high, and then girls tend to rate themselves way too low, which is the interesting part, <clears throat> according to to the, to the research. And so it's about seeking out feedback. Okay, so if I rate myself a you know a six out of ten on my you know uh, my takedowns, for example, right, and everyone else rated me as a as an eight, it's like okay, maybe I'm better than I think I am. Maybe I'm just too hard on myself. Or maybe the opposite, right? Maybe everyone rated you a four out of 10. Okay, so maybe there's some area to to improve. And so there's a, another piece to this where you got to be comfortable with getting criticism and feedback. Um, but it's about getting to the point where your feedback, your perception of yourself is very in line with kind of everyone else. It's it's never going to be 100% accurate. You know, it depends who you ask. If you ask your mom, your mom is going to you know, rate you a. She'll be your biggest fan. A, a biggest fan, right? <laughs> so, so sometimes you need that. I would still recommend adding one of those. People in there. I recommend getting around three to four people to to give some feedback. People you trust, you know, people who are coaches and someone close to you. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm getting as much as possible, even better, right? But uh, it's about, yeah, getting those those averages, getting those sums, and that's just a a number for you to work with. It doesn't matter what you do with it. It's what you do with it afterwards, right? You can be down on yourself. Everyone rating is lower, but you can use that as as data to, to now to improve. Okay, set some targets now. Hey, I need to improve this much. And also keep in mind, that's just someone else's perceptions. And again, it's at the end of the day, you have to be, you know, trusting yourself and then, but as long as they're pretty similar, pretty in line, that's a, that's a good place to be.
2: This episode of the second floor podcast is brought to you by Alberta blue cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic to say the least. And Alberta blue cross understands that they offer flexible health, dental life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time, on any device. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head over to
0: ab.bluecross.ca. Yeah, and I noticed how much that was mentioned in the book where you, you have to pay attention to the differences between um, your own internal perspective of, of how you identify yourself compared to the external um, references that you're getting from other people's perspectives. And then, again, I love how you had assessments put in place with the scientific-based evidence you provided where you mentioned, okay, well, how much of a challenge is it for you to have someone like a coach, um give you feedback what does that challenge look like and then where do you think your skill is at with that with that challenge mixed in with it and again it talked about like okay what about with your family what about with your friends and then what about with your own performance like how are you rating that through skill and challenge and i noticed those were two huge factors in your book that were associated with flow yeah and that's where Even for me, I started to just pay more attention to what that self-talk looks and feels like because I know based off your book, it referenced how much more at ease and how much less anxiety a person can have based off of what they're telling themselves. And yeah, there's moments in even honestly through the podcast where like if I feel unprepared for a conversation, immediately that feedback loop starts to like create more nervousness going yeah. into an episode. Yeah. Right? I I tell people all the time who ask and there there's so many more inquiries happening as we continue on where they ask, "Oh, how do we start a podcast? How do you make this successful?" and it's like honestly, a lot of it is just what you do behind the scenes. Yeah. Right? Like that level of preparation is so important. But uh at the end of the day, no matter how prepared you are, it's still going to be a challenge to come off authentic and to reference certain things that come to mind. And I remember in a piece of your book where you shared, Mark, how even the most successful athletes can reach a point of um, like, I don't even know what word to use, but they, they freeze, right? Like on the spot because they're thinking too much. They're dwelling on the idea of like, oh, my loved ones are watching me. And they're thinking about everything external. They start to lose that internal piece of, um, let's just say, uh, peace. And yeah. them knowing that, you know what, I'm j- I just have to show up like I did every yeah. other day in practice.
1: Yeah. What we're really seeking is not really peace of mind. It's actually peace from our minds. That's the, that's the whole idea of kind of mind without mind. It's a, the idea of not having a, a second mind or an ego standing over our mind with a club and telling us we're doing this wrong or doing this, this correctly. Right? There's this idea we have this, these two, almost two selves where one's kind of constantly kind of judging what we're kind of doing. But with those moments of when we're just so... The whole that book is really about, about flow, This moments of this rapt attention where we're just fully immersed with what we're doing. And we're not overthinking things, Time either slows down or speeds up. We're not overthinking things. Self-analysis goes out the window and actually the research shows actually parts of our brain tend to shut down. It's called uh, uh, transit hyperfrontality, right? So it's at the, part of the prefrontal cortex of our brain, which houses our understanding of ourselves and perception of ourselves tends to quiet down. So that ego is kind of out of the way. And so we're free to just focus our attention into what we're actually doing. Right, and so the idea, and that's why the, the self-awareness chapter is one of the, the longest ones, because it's so important we have to, before we get into any of that, it's really about stepping back and understanding yourself. How am I speaking to myself in, in, a, in, a, in those moments of pressure in your podcast when someone's watching? Where does my mind tend to go? We don't ask ourselves those kind of questions. Like, do I tend to get look too much too inward? Right, and I'm focusing too much on myself, or do I focus too much on externally? Right, and there's and then we talk about feedback, and so there's the internal feedback we give ourselves, And there's also the external feedback we get from other people it's important to have both to have real uh, a skill of self-awareness i see self-awareness as a skill but external feedback tends to be out of our control most of the time we can't control if if a coach is going to give us the proper feedback or not when they're going to give us the feedback right but our own feedback is within our control it's a little less powerful at least at first it's obviously nice to have someone say oh yeah great job right that's more power than you saying "Yeah, yeah good job but over time, if we keep using that as our default, like yes, you got this. Keep going, keep going. Right. That becomes sort of the, the habit. And then that becomes more, more, more powerful. And then I think it's always within our control. We can always reach into that that bucket. Right. Um, and then even before we get into you get into anything, it's about really understanding why you're doing something. Right. It's okay, I wanna I wanna, you know, go to the gym, I wanna lose this many pounds. Okay, that's great, but why? Right. people don't ask themselves that first question. Why do I want to do this? Is it because I want to look good for other people? Is it because I want to be healthy? So two separate paths, right? And so it's important, really, to understand what is the why behind that. What am I doing this for, right? And since and so it's, you're filtering it through that 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 piece. Um, but yeah, I think we're going a couple of different directions here. Yeah, here. yeah.
0: I, I want to take it to this direction, and uh, you know, I'm glad you brought all those points up because it reminded me of how much you, how much more. I felt like I could narrow in on the focus of what needs to be accomplished today over the next year uh, split into um, three different phases of 100 days. And that was something so cool that you laid out. It was one of the biggest reasons why, Marek. I was like, you know what? Can I please have 10 copies of your Mm -hmm. book that are sitting down on our table? Because I want to imagine my clients reading your book now as just part of a mandatory program I want to put them through. So they can start seeing how whatever goal that they have, and to be honest, a lot of their goals are very outcome based, yeah. right? And you shared the uh, so, sort of the the drawbacks that can happen when someone only keeps thinking about the outcome and how you earlier just mentioned how the ego can come in the way of that when instead you can reflect on, okay, well, what does that process look like? And there were so many moments even for me in that book where I recognized, like my goal of, oh, becoming a black belt in jiu-jitsu or, oh, one day I want to win worlds. If I just keep thinking and dwelling on that idea without recognizing what needs to be done, like these these small little action items, and to be honest, I'm probably less likely to get there yeah. unless I do the exercise that was given in your book. And that was, was so beautifully put, and I want to do it with my clients, where you respect, well, what needs to be done right now. You know, okay, you want to... You wanna earn your black belt. Okay, now there can be three different um, steps to get there. Well, number one, you, you have to show up at least four to five times a week and train. That's, yeah. that, that's That's a goal. That's like its own, do that for 100 days. Well,
1: it's like whatever, what's the most tangible thing you can do in this moment? Because you become a black belt or, or winning world championships. One, is that 100% within your control? I mean, would you agree with that? Like not 100%? Because there's so many other competitors pro- trying to do the same thing, trying oh. to win world championships. Yep. Right? There's other variables that come into play. And then we just get caught up in the again, the outcome of, okay, because there's, there's we have our mind and our body, right? And, if, and then an ideal place for a mind and body are connected in the moment present. Right? But we're focusing on the outcome, there's a drift, our mind drifts towards that. Okay, oh, I'm gonna win, I'm gonna do this. Or, and it's very it's very black and white, win or lose, get this or get or I don't, right? But if we're focused on what's actually immediately in front of me, what's next? What's the next thing I can do to help me at least get a step closer to that? And then the next thing, and the next thing. Then there's, there's less pressure in that moment because we're just focusing on what's what's next. Right. Our attention, It's all about really training our attention to what's here. That's what really essentially goal setting is, is, a, is, a, is focusing your attention. Uh, and you can do that in the, in the macro sense the 100 day plan right and, okay what's what's my main kind of target for just the next 100 days don't worry about the next year the next 10 years mm-hmm. 100 days what's 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 kind of that you can start with the 10-year the plan okay i want to do that right but then okay break that down even further and then break down down even further until you get to the next tangible thing you can you, you can kind of do
0: there was something too where you mentioned in those. In that process of let's say something that needs to be accomplished in those hundred days to that let's say big year goal, you talked about the reevaluation piece. Let's say that happens on average twenty every twenty five days. What would you say? Because this was something I did want to come and address on the sh- on on our show, as opposed to trying to identify it from the book. Because I wanted to know from you what does that reevaluation look like? Twenty five days in, fifty days in, like guide me through what one would need to reevaluate. And I'm asking this from the perspective of clients who felt so, it's almost like they feel worse about themselves. If they feel like they're not halfway in Mm. to the accomplishing that goal, 50 days into the hundred, do you know what I mean? Like what, what would be some questions or thought processes you would suggest Mark, you would want to give when you're reevaluating where you're at with that goal?
1: Yeah. No, it's it's a good question, and I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Alex Honnold, the uh, free climber. The oh, is he the solo. one who does it with like without any so, Yeah, so free solo? Yeah, uh, he uh, climbs crazy mountains, and he has some some old records, and yeah, he's yeah basically climbs huge mountains with with no harm, but no nothing. It's nuts. Um, but he said one of the best quotes he said is, and it kind of ties us into into is Strong goals, loosely held. Right, set those those high goals. But don't hold on to them, you know, too too firmly. Really make them flexible. And that's the whole idea of having those revision periods—25 days, 50 days. It doesn't matter what what dates those are. Those are just kind of places. It's just nice to have 25, 50, 75, um, but it could be really any any time really. But it's about like coming back to them and just kind of check in. Okay, am I? Is this? Are these goals working? How do my? How's my challenge? Is it? Is it too challenging? Is it not too challenging enough? If it's too too challenging, reduce it. That's okay. Don't have to be set in stone. I completely, COVID happened, I completely revamped my whole entire goal setting plan. I had the whole thing planned. I scratched everything off. I completely re- re- revamped it, but that's okay. And I think yeah. people get caught up in like, I need to have this goal. I wrote it re- down, has to be, I have to do this. But that's that, that, that's ego coming to play, right? It's like, oh, I have to do this. Especially or when priorities change. Exactly. Right? And, that, and that's the things thing. can shift. And that's, and that's because it's, it's the whole point of that plan is to make it flexible with life, with things that change. <laughs> Maybe you had a target and you already reached that target. Okay, now it's time to, to change it, right? And always kind of constantly... Rev- it's it's about kind of like having guardrails, like, you know, you're, you're bowling and then that's what, when you're when you're younger, you have those guardrails to keep it in the out of the gutter, right? So it's, that's kind of the idea. It's like, okay, it hits the wall. Okay, go back into in course correct into where I need to go. This whole idea is to improve and, and progress and, 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 and develop and not just, you know, check things off just because it makes you feel good, right?
0: Yeah, and you know what? I feel like it's only until very, very recently, actually, like this would be the first time I'm saying this out loud right now where I just need to be less hard on myself for something I feel like that I may not accomplish in time. And that's where I recognize, again, sometimes we're just our worst critic. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I have just two major courses I needed to get done. Uh, One is nutritionally based and one is strength based. Um, And a part of it is, yeah, honestly just becoming a better strength and conditioning coach and being able to serve my clients better and, and help them progress with their goals they have through fitness and health. But it's been a whirlwind of a year. And again, there's just moments where I feel like, okay, is that just me using that as an excuse? But yeah, when I think about where I was at last year where I just began this journey of like being a full-time fitness professional and I just recognize how I recently just transferred a new location with bigger responsibilities and a bigger team to manage. I just put on uh, a plate of, you know, being coached by two professionals in kickboxing and jujitsu, and, you know, that's taken more time out of my hands and I just created two new clubs and again, not to to just share all the things that I've been doing, but I had to tell myself, well, Kenny, you may need to pay more money to extend these courses or you might just not get it done and you have to accept that because so much has happened that was great, but now you're just being too damn hard on yourself. And I'm starting to accept like, okay, well, it's worth the reinvestment to pay for the courses. It's worth the extra extension. And I feel like we put, again, back to our goals of last year when I said I'm going to complete it at this time. And if I'm not doing it, well, now I'm just putting, now now I'm putting off this feeling of making myself feel like a failure. When in reality, it's like, okay, well, wait, look at what happened. Look at all the other great stuff that happened. And look what needed my time. You know, it demanded my attention. So there were some shifts that 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 happened and i feel like because i didn't allow myself to have those reevaluation periods i never did that i'm I'm only just learning about this reading your book i let myself i let myself I, i i i let unnecessary energy go into oh you idiot you can't you can't even find an hour to study every day oh you you can't even find it like what are you doing oh like you say yes to everything else you can't say no to this well to be honest it's because it's like the the idea of studying for me, it's always, it's a pain in the butt, yeah. right? No one like, likes to do it, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're,
1: you're, you're no obligation to be the same person you were five minutes ago, yeah. right? And we have this idea, we are, and then we think our identity is set in stone. We think we are set in stone. And then going back to like the being hard on yourself, that's the whole idea of the the sloth and the fox. That's why I have that. I need to represent it by something, so to remind myself to tap into that, it's okay to tap into the the laziness. It's, it's especially, again, I think we talked about this before, which is that, the results oriented society where always constantly go go especially during a pandemic where everyone's trying to show who who's the busiest and who's getting them who's winning the pandemic who's winning quarantine right and that's and that's and that's ridiculous it's and we're doing things that are just uh then again not really doing things because we want to do them that's why i'm saying take a step back reflect okay what's really necessary what are what are my goals really? don't just do set goals just for set goals let do something just because everyone else is doing something what do you really want to do Right, and that's mm-hmm. the idea of self-awareness and taking a step back. And most people, I think, don't do that, and 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 it rears its ugly head down the road with burnout, with, with self-judgment, and all of that because we're just setting the wrong types of goals, right? But if you like, if I said, you know, my the whole, I wouldn't write written the book if it wasn't for for, for process goals. I kept focusing. Oh, I need to, I need to publish this. I need to publish this. I need to be famous. I need to. I know I'm not gonna be famous, and I'm almost not gonna sell a, a ton. The whole point of this was for me to to hold this book in my hand. That was the value of mine. That was the whole purpose of that. I'm finding myself now moving some of the goalposts, that so we can get into that. But uh, it's, about, it's the whole process to you sit down and, and write, and it's it's difficult. It's not enjoyable, right? But if you kind of set up mini mini targets for yourself, right? Title of the page first goal, check, you get the momentum, okay, write 100 words, okay, check. And then you get into a rhythm, you get the momentum, and again, it's easier to get into that kind of flow state. So It's about setting the right conditions surrounding your goals, and then we talk about flow triggers, flow conditions, to, to help you ease that process. It's about, and flow at, at its core, it's about doing things that are, that are enjoyable. That's what's, it's intrinsic motivation, it's it's something that's gonna keep you long-term, it's gonna help you, you know, pursue those goals long-term. There's no point of, uh, you know, working out for, every day for, for, for a few months and then not doing anything ever again. It's about that long-term. Are you gonna you're not going to burn out quickly? You know, Canada burns quickly and dies out. But no, it's about long, prolonging that career too. And I kind of get into that a little bit in, in the book as well. Like what's the successful athlete? What's the successful person? Is the person who won the most trophies? Is the one who's the goat, right? Or is the one who kind of successfully transitioned to a new venture, a new career with a family? And it's like, is that success as well? But again, depending on what... My-
2: This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The the foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund with yourself or with a group. Once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council, to measure how the community is doing. This year's focus is on making ends meet in Edmonton. Learn more at ecfoundation.org. What's your
1: definition of success? Mm -hmm.
0: When you talk about, you know, that that feeling of success and and really the the theme associated with your book is, is that word flow. And I, I really like how to this day it's something that could be defined in, in so many different ways, right? And and there's a raw definition that you put in the book, Mark, and I just want to read it. And the unique thing about flow is when you referenced how there's this psychological element and a social element and an environmental element, that made a lot of sense for me, especially... Um, where I relate to always finding the the urge to just find something new, like for instance, something as simple as a new coffee shop. I I love the idea of going to a brand new setting or oh, like setting my laptop out mm-hmm. fresh it's cappuccino. All right? here, yeah. It is yeah because it's just you know those serotonin and dopamine levels go up because it's something that you haven't experienced before and it can it can set you up again for that level of success because now you're you just you feel like it's something that um it's not something you're always used to and when you're used to something human beings what happens is we get bored and then through that level of boredom i remember on your chart that's when i believe someone has such a high level of skill it's like they could walk in with their eyes closed right when you feel like you're really good at something okay then if it's not challenging enough for you to like you know, maneuver your way through it, then you're going to be bored. And that's how I felt with running lately, where Raj takes me on these trails. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I have no idea yeah. what step to take, where we're going to go, going down. Yeah. And you're just, you can't think of anything else
1: other than being in that moment because it's so new. Yeah. Right. That's why I love, that's why it's, I prefer trail running because you never know what you're going to get. Right. It's so fun. And sometimes I find, you know, the road running sometimes it can be boring, obviously uh let's so yeah, trail runs yeah you can you have to be kind of drop kicks you in the moment because it's, especially during this time now like when springtime when it's a little bit icy a little bit muddy it gets a little fun so i recommend yeah, yeah. so. no it's a yeah. good
0: time if anyone wants to experience flow state go trail running yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the definition is you know when you shared in page 42 just recapping the what is flow portion of the book you shared flow is an optimal state of consciousness where we feel our best and we perform at our best Um, In flow, we may experience all or some of the following. And, um, you know, you shared complete concentration, having a sense of control, altered perception of time, so things slowing down in the moment, um, or even things speeding speeding up, up, right? And uh, loss of self-consciousness, the merging of action and awareness, and then having uh, this high level of intrinsic motivation. Um, Those are... Uh, what I liked is six components of what you went in depth on in the book. Now, you, just to
1: reiterate, those are not my research. It's, it's, it's years and years of other re- better researchers, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, notably, most notably, he's the godfather of flow. Yeah. So I just kind of reiterated his his research and some other ones. But, of course. And
0: he's referenced a lot in the yeah. book, which is, you know, I'm sure, is he still alive to this day? Yep. Yeah. He, he, he should be listening to this podcast one day. <laughs> and he's, get, he's getting mad shout outs from Brett Mark. Here. <laughs> But, um, man, like when you brought it down to the following acronym, it was the stare, right? S-T-E-R. So definition of flow in regards to what we just said is, you know, having selflessness involved, timelessness, uh, effortlessness, and then information richness. Can you just share with us, Marek, with stare in mind, how flow can, like how someone can pretty much better understand flow and 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 get the hang of implementing it in what they do through those four concepts and that's a lot at once but even if you share any one of those right now that you want to talk about and and referencing it to whatever someone is doing right now
1: yeah and i mean yeah so, so that's kind of an acronym that helps just simplify those kind of uh conditions this Is what we experience right the selflessness uh, the timelessness, right? the effort, in, uh, effortlessness, information, information richness. Uh, there's obviously more to that, but if you want to kind of a quick reminder, those are kind of good ones. But it's worth no, no noting that even if you train all these kind of and I get into the book and the conditions of how to kind of train flow and how to get into it, there's no guarantee that you're going to get into flow just by kind of doing some of these things. It's the whole idea is it's it's making you more kind of flow prone. Hmm. As a and I reference, a story in the book about uh, the monk. Uh, and, and the master, uh, who kind of goes up to his master, he's like, "Oh, teach me how to become, you know, enlightened. I want to be, you know, you're, uh, you seem like, you know what you're doing. Like you have, everything's figured out. Like teach me how to become enlightened like you. And the master says, oh, it's all this training is a, just an accident uh and he's like what do you mean uh, alignment is is an accident like you're getting me to to train you know meditate for 10 hours a day and doing all these exercises all for it just to be an accident he's like ah yes but it makes more accident prone and so that's the whole idea with with flow as well so you can you create these these conditions environmental psychological social and and you're increasing the likelihood of of flow to occur uh and then so with with flow i mean so there's the idea of of, of selflessness this goes back to what we talked about, that transit hyperfrontality, that part of the brain where we where we house our, our higher cognitive functions, so where we we have self analysis, or so we, we think about things, our perception of time is also is, is kind of in, in that area as well. So that's why when there's less activity in that part of the brain, they, um, they did this actually kind of scanning people's brains and flow, mostly wrappers and flow. And mm-hmm. they're kind of in flow when they're wrapping, they kind of did a fMRI and they found that those parts of brains tend to, to kind of uh, not necessarily shut down because no part of the brain shuts down completely, but there's less activity and it, it down regulates. So that, that kind of uh, talk, that's why we kind of perceive time to sometimes be, you know, either going too slow or too too fast. Um, and then perception of self, again, that, that second mind, the, se- the ego kind of goes out of the way. So that's that like kind of idea of of getting out of your own way. Uh, so that kind of happens uh, in flow. Everything feels kind of effortless and almost like as if you're not the one kind of doing it, right? Yeah. A snowboarder feels like they're, the snowboard is controlling them, not the other way around. They're so, they're fully embodied with what they're doing. There's a Emerging with that action and awareness, what you're doing and your perception of it's kind of merged. It's there's no kind of uh, judging this or that, right? So it can happen in, in conversations, and in podcasts. I'm sure you've experienced probably plenty of flow states and conversations. That's how I, one of my main flow triggers is, is through kind of conversations. I love kind of conversing, so I get into flow states like that. But uh, you know, high risk, you know, sports like trail running or you know, jiu-jitsu, all these things. Those are Ripe for flow conditions as well. So, sport is obviously a huge one. That's why I can, uh, the book is morally mostly catered towards athletes with their mind, but anyone can experience kind of flow. You know, coders and, and anyone kind of experiences those, those those things, right? So, uh, and I, yeah, I mentioned obviously those psychological conditions uh, that we kind of, you just kind of listed off, but there's obviously environmental ones that like you mentioned, um, making sure there's novelty in, in the environment um there's there's feedback in the environment both internally and externally we kind of talked about that as well and there's other other social conditions as well so those teams groups get into a a flow state as well and that's more difficult because there's more variables and more people involved oh yeah right but it's actually more pleasurable what the kind of research shows because we're social beings we enjoy being you know in, in a group so it's more enjoyable to to be in those those moments when the whole group is getting into the same kind of rhythm and almost as one organism right So it's almost pleasurable kind of spaces that uh, human beings can get into and we all kind of strive towards to get into that state. And and what research also shows, the more we experience flow in our lives, actually, the life satisfaction and well-being actually goes up as well. And it's and it's funny, we actually, we, we get flow by actually doing challenging things. There's the a study I referenced in the book that compared rock climbers versus people just sitting at home watching TV. And people sitting at home watching TV, ironically enough, had more anxiety, had less <laughs> Know, opportunities for flow than the ones who are doing something scary as you know rock, climbing big mountains and that's you think that'll be more anxiety provo- you know provoking but it's like they're actually experiencing more flow
0: yeah what's challenging about sitting down comfortably in your household binge watching netflix yeah you know not, there's a time and place for it yeah. but i mean that that level of uh fomo one can get if they're watching someone else doing that as opposed to being like what if what if i just did that yeah and i'm watching a documentary on someone hiking why am i not at least trying what this yeah. is like yeah yeah you know and I find when you say that, what comes to mind is the ability of asking yourself, no matter how much older you get, is being like, okay, well, what am I doing in my life that's relatively challenging or that relatively is going to progress me to, let's just say, getting that 1% better. Yeah. And I love how you shared that. Oh, like, it, it clicked so much for me where you did the, what is one to the power of 365? That yeah, was
1: James Clear from Atomic Habits, yeah. the book. Yeah, Great book. Yeah and about that,
0: yeah. it's like you know you go 1.01 all right all of a sudden you're roughly what 36 times better yeah. than you were a year later and yeah. this is just talking about like okay what if you just one percent a day you're doing something that's gradually going to get you better at what you're right. doing that's the
1: process The one percent is the process what can i do one little thing instead of focus on because our brains don't like big huge tasks huge use goals it's too much anxiety right mm-hmm. so breaking it down to one percent hey i can do one percent right yeah it's totally doable and
0: like This is the thing about the world we live in now where, I'll be honest, if I think about how often we're forced, and I won't even say forced, I just think how often we excuse ourselves to multitask, right? I'm very guilty of it sometimes. I have a bad habit that needs to stop where you know, in between driving and at red lights. Let's go,
1: let's go, let's go back there. Let's, 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 it's, it's because you mentioned I need to. Yeah. Yeah. Something I need to change. That language. (laughs) There's, and then, and I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's just, that's, those are the things that we need to start to catch ourselves and explore. Like, why did I say need? Yeah. Do I actually need this? Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think if I finish a sentence, you're going to be like, yeah, you better change that. But (laughs) it's like, I, I, it would be ideal, obviously for the health of others and myself, the safety to, to not text, at red lights, right? Like, hey, okay, if I'm driving, I'm driving, like put on a good song, put on a playlist. Let's not look at the phone. Let's focus on, you know, this is the task I hand: is driving, but we're, we have the ability now in our day and age mark to multitask. And I find that when we are trying to capture flow state and when I notice the moments in my life where I capture it, it's when I'm just focusing on one thing. And that's why when you talk about that little element of timelessness and not worrying about what time it is and even i catch myself when i'm training clients look at the clock how much how much time do i've left with them you know what more do i need to do ah you know what i have the game plan i relatively know we can get this done in an hour if i need to check the clock for when the next client's coming i'll I'll have an idea that we're almost done then i'll look at it i started doing that more often with my clients and now i'm I'm more engaged in the process as opposed to oh look at the time oh look at my phone oh um Try and during like during work email. Don't finish the email oh, now. Do something else, and it's like when you focus at one task at hand. It's why I'm so addicted to jujitsu. You do get to capture that flow state because now that you have nothing else to distract you or pull you away from doing that.
1: It's getting harder and harder. I hear you. It's 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 yeah. not only you. I mean, I think everyone listening uh, is going through the same thing. We're just constantly bombarded by 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 dopamine machines right and that's yep. why part three was dedicated to, to recovery and, and and talking about social media and, and protecting your attention right uh it was a herbert simon economist he said uh a wealth of, of a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention right it's the idea there's so much going on around us that we're, we can't kind of focus on one thing and uh, and then another quote uh, this is from back in the 17th century this philosopher said man's problem is that he can't s- sit in the room alone for 30 minutes right, with his thoughts. And it's like, most of us can just sit around, just sit, literally just sit with yourself for, for 30 minutes. seems yeah. like torture for most people. Mm-hmm. Right. But as, and that's, that's the training it's becoming, I'm not saying go jumped into just 30 minutes right away, but like start with focus for one minute, right? 30 seconds. Can I just focus on, on this thing? right it's on my breath for, for 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 10 seconds right start with with, with that that's not one percent right it's not going to I need to be a monk you know tomorrow yeah and it's like that's 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 and then i talk about in a book you don't you don't even have to be go to get to that level to see benefits even two weeks of, of meditation training those have shown to be beneficial or 10 minutes a day for, for two weeks and that's 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 not you know a crazy amount you can find 10 minutes out of your day to, to sit right and kind of do nothing and that's and that's the the whole idea so Multitasking is is, is a myth. It's what's happening is we're actually just shifting from one task to another. And what happens is there's a cost for each shift that we we take. Mm -hmm. Every day we have a a limited amount of cognitive energy and space that we can focus on things. And every time we shift from one one email to to social media, to this and this, there's a cost. I can't tell you what percentage or what amount, what the exact number is, but it's like, there's a cost with with that shift. And then we come, and then that's where we feel worse after we feel drained, right? But if we focus on just kind of one thing at a time, for set a goal of okay, I'm gonna focus for this thing for 30 minutes, we should end to to feel better after, you know, with with just focusing on one thing.
0: It's neat you say that because recently uh, we had Cassius. You know, he got a message on social media from somebody who knew him, and this actually like I I don't even think he knows how much this like resonated with me. Where someone's like, man, like how are you doing all these things? And, you know, like, how do you afford the time to do it? And he's like, he said, it was just that very question because I've had other people tell me too, or, oh, how do, you, how do you feel like you're going to be successful if you're trying so many different things? And there's a lot of listeners out there like us who they thrive in this ability to juggle multiple different ventures, whether they're related or not, but that's just how they choose to live their life. And Omed just said like, hey, like I, Omid cash this however way people want to interpret or, or know him as, but he just said, this is just like, this is what I this is what i thrive to do and i love i love how i live my life and i know it's different but um this this is how i choose to live it and it's how i get things done and the thing is about recognizing what he said in, in regards to our conversation about like making sure you're focusing on one task at hand is i always ask myself you know when i'm going into something what hat am i wearing and I, and i recognize the importance of that even like it's 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 a visual um interpretation of how i'm presenting myself in the moment, you know, going into this conversation, okay, I am, I am second floor podcast, Kenny, you know, going into good life, 9am tomorrow, I'm, I'm fitness manager, Kenny, right? Like go, going into jujitsu that evening, okay, I'm competitor, Kenny, like just recognizing that it's okay for you to, to be able to have multiple hats on, uh, but recognize like, what is that hat that you're going to wear? That is, is the, the one hat you're going as. Because if the th- the thing is, is yeah, it can kind of, how are you get muddy if you're wearing both hats at the same time, and now you're not too sure which version of yourself you're bringing to the table, you know. So like, recognize going into a conversation, going into a social media platform. I'll tell you what helps me, Mark, is when I go on social media, I'm I'm proud of the fact that I spend obviously, I'll be honest, a lot of time on there putting content out there. You know, I'll be on the apps as a to a degree, I'll put on my producer hat, but not as a consumer. If if I decided to go on there and constantly look at other people's, you know, posts, okay, now I'm going to be living on social media, right now. So, what what
1: is your relationship? What is your relationship with, with social media? Because I mean, I, I talk about this in the book, but I, I I I hate social media, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm actually taking a break right now. Uh, this month, I'm at uh, I'm on on it because. And this is, that comes back, it goes back to self-awareness, understanding, you know, how are these things making you feel and, and when they start to happen. I was starting to notice, I was uh, starting to compare a bit more again and, and and judge myself and see, oh, this person did this and this and this. So sometimes the best method is, okay, I'm just going to, you know, you know, step off for a little while. But what is your relationship? I mean, do you find fulfillment from it? Do you get lost in, in rabbit holes or what's.
0: This is where I'm at with it right now. So that's a great question, actually. I. I had this conversation with a good friend of mine. Her and I were talking, and we were both honest. And I, I was, I was giving her advice on on how she comes off on social media, and vice versa. We just both came to the agreement that like we're only showing one aspect of ourselves. Like, there's so many different sides to both of us, right? But well, there's only this one yeah. facade we're I only show on. the fox, not the this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, <laughs> right? So we were just trying to encourage one another to be like, hey, like, how can we showcase different side of ourselves? So I think that's even just that conversation is the the sad reality of the world we live in today with people who are quote-unquote influencers where we're trying to think so much on social media about how we can appease our audience. But in reality, it's like, does that even exist? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it does. There's people liking and engaging with our content. But I mean, before this, the only people we'd want to or try to impress or even impress aside like live a nice, happy life with are the, are the ones in our inner circle. That's yeah, it. Yeah.
1: That's as far as it went. Well, that's what I talked about before, like when with the book where I was starting to move my goalposts and that's directly correlated with, with social media. The whole point of the book before was I just want to hold them a hand and that was success to me. And then so but then started getting some little attractions of attention. People were commenting like, you oh, know, yeah, I'm starting to feel getting some dopamine hits, right? It's like, okay, so maybe I should I should sell a little more, maybe I should share this and, this and getting caught up in that in that loop, right? And that's and that's when it gets kind of a uh, kind of toxic. And that's why it's very important to understand what are those values, what's what's the why behind writing a book, doing this, whatever you want. What's what does it really mean to you? What's that? what's that if no one is watching, would you still do it? Right. That's the yeah. whole idea of it. and I, and, I, and yeah hundred percent i would write it if no one's watching that's, that's the whole reason i started right and so that and that's, that needs to be clear and i think most people are just not very clear like even not to uh, write on a uh, on, on podcast but everyone is a podcast nowadays right yeah. and it's like i was like oh, should i start a podcast i'm like yeah. well i said like it came across your mind yeah right? but i was like But there wasn't a strong enough why behind it for me to to start a podcast, right? And so that's why I was like, I'm not gonna just do it just because everyone else is doing it and kind of get into it.
0: This is why I'm glad you talk about the why though, because then for myself and I'm sure others is when you post something online, ask yourself, why am I putting this out there? Yeah. Right? Like for me now, my, my whole entire, let's just say the past year in general, when I think about posting, I just ask myself, is this relative to promoting health and wellness? Is this photo? Is this message? Is it to a degree related back to the industry that I'm in? Because yes, you can argue that from the business perspective and potentially gaining more clients or potentially being an advocate in that space. Yeah, whatever you're posting is that 1% that we talked about earlier. That's going to help shape you up to be yeah. that individual. On the other end, though, let's be honest. It's for the sake of getting more attention. Yeah. Like like I, I'd be a liar to you if I told you that, yeah, I you know, there's, there's moments where, I, I, I'd be lying to you if I told you. Oh no, I don't do it for the attention. And yeah, I, I find, does, yeah, and that's okay. I mean, yeah, and and that's okay, okay to admit that.
1: But it's like, is it really? Is that really what's filling you? Is it really yeah. in line with what you really want? No, Ask exactly. yourself what you really want.
0: Because your time is so precious, and I think that's another thing that I'm starting to recognize too. Where I'm like, even just being on here and producing content, it takes a lot of damn time, right? Like it's it's a lot of time out of your day and hands. So whatever it is that it's doing, again, going back to, I think the, when we talked about reassessments to be like, okay, well, okay, the past three months, I posted a variety of this. Where did it get? Where did it get us on the platform? Where did it take second floor? Where did it take me as a health professional? If you could kind of factor those in to the conversation of, the, of why you're continuously putting yourself out there, okay, then go ahead. However, there's there's other people who aren't on there business wise, and maybe they're just posting up selfies and all oh, of them going out. And they ask themselves, did this make me feel better about myself, or did it make me feel worse? Yeah. And for some people, for most people, sometimes it's like, oh, it actually made me feel worse.
1: Yeah. And that's what, and that's the people don't ask themselves those questions. They just get when they and they just start feeling those those negative feelings again. They just go back on social media, but then they don't they don't get curious with that feeling. Okay, I'm feeling worse. You know just scrolling mindlessly constantly scrolling mindlessly and it's like experiment with yourself go a day without going to social media can you do that most people uh, ask them they're like oh, no i can't that's no i can't do that people people are you know they're, they're depending on me it's like it's, it's like no it's like i every year i do like a, at least uh, a month no you social cleanse, media right? and then then kind of not do that now but and i always feel better always and it's the world goes on without me on there nothing changes yeah if it's important enough i'm gonna hear about in some way one form or another Mm -hmm. right so it's it's really asking is this really conducive to who i am and what i want what i want to do with my life so i want to spend most of my time on social media it's like i mean especially with like my the the sports psych field it's it's kind of toxic in that way where it's people not to say like i'm not guilty of, of doing this in the past but it's like i'm trying to get better on this but it's like posting about you know a uh, team or an, or an athlete they worked with without and it's like what is the point of that is it what values is it bringing to anyone else you're just posting just because you're showing that you worked with this person x or y yeah and this is another i'm sure this is in other fields as well i worked with this person isn't it's like that's that's the only post like what's what's the whole point of that what values are bringing well, yeah to anyone?
0: you have to go back to the value
1: yeah and so and that's why i was kind of need to kind of st- take a step back too and obviously with i fully understood with the book i needed to promote it I don't mm-hmm. like to be. I don't like to be a center of attention. Well, I mean, I have a weird relationship with that. I, I kind of do. I like to perform, but I don't like being a center of attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm maybe can get into that because I think that's kind of interesting. But yeah. Uh, but uh, that's the idea. It's like, but so I knew I needed to promote the book. I needed to get some some testimonials and all this, and then and then, you know post it and all this. But then I fully knew that I need to just kind of step back after a while and just like let it kind of simmer. Uh, but that's
0: so even you being here today, or just in general, the idea of promoting the book does it make you feel uncomfortable? There's an element of the challenge.
1: 100. 100. There's there's right. there's a uncomfortability with it because uh, then it's it's messing with the maybe the why a little bit. Mm. And It's like the the why is the goal is complete, but now there's like other elements adding on to it. Uh, but at the same time like i do want i do feel this value in this and i do want to to share this but at the same time it's like uh i'm not i don't want to be like oh i'm the expert i'm telling you what to do like i know all these things right so it's like there's an element of that where it's like uh there's you know there's other sources why do i have to be the one kind of providing that right so it's like now everything i do now i've because right now it's actually uh like, we talked about this over the phone was like the post-production blues right it's like uh, you know the same thing happens after like the athletes come back from the Olympics and then work four years and then done. Okay, now what? And so it's, I had a little bit of moment over that. It's like okay, now what? And so I was like very unmotivated for a long little while. I didn't want to do anything. I'm like I don't know what to do. Like why am I doing this? What what's what's coming next? And so I did. Oh, maybe I should make this video. and I'm like why? Right? And it's like I want me to do this. All- why? What's what's really the purpose? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's a maybe a good or bad thing. Uh, maybe I'm asking why too much. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, but I'm really kind of really where's what's what is this for what am i if i made this video what is it really for and then and it's almost like a filter it's like uh am i doing this video just so i can get more attention and likes here or is it, is it something i actually enjoy doing If I like if this is a topic i want to talk about just for fun like okay maybe there's something there and let's pursue that but if it's like if it doesn't pass that test of okay this is just just to get something out there because everyone else is doing something right now so it's like you know
0: what you said i find relates to the portion of the book where you talk about that mpp right where it's like okay well figure out what your mission is and then find out your We're talking about it right now the purpose which is that why and then the philosophy and when you shared your philosophy in the beginning of the episode you know talking about living slow and finding flow you know once you recognize that that's how you're gonna go about it then when you figure out that why part this is the way I look at it, and, and I don't know how much this might help you in the promotion of the book, but just recognizing that like, now that the product is out there, every conversation, every opportunity to talk about it in a, in a social media setting, in-person setting, on a podcast platform will give you the opportunity to potentially have one more person better understand uh, how to live your philosophy. Yeah. You know, because your philosophy, I'm sure, is something that you want to share and carry over to other people.
1: Well, the mission itself, I'm sure, what the mission is yeah. is uh, to increase the amount of time people spend in flow, right? And the, and the why behind it is because, as I talk about in the book, there's there's benefit to being in flow. It's, it's it produces a lifetime of fulfillment and satisfaction. The more you experience these moments of rapt attention and immersed, focused attention of what you're doing in the moment, the more happiness you tend to to experience. Right, and so that's what kind of my, the mission. Is I want to. Doesn't matter if it's sport or whatever it is. That's I'm, tra- I'm transitioning into another kind of area to to ask those broader questions. How do you live a life of, of increasing more flow? Right, and
0: that's a unique thing. And I know we could possibly talk about your career transition through this, where you shared with me how you're going to be uh, guiding through um, anyone who's navigating a big career change. Right, like you've gone from helping athletes experience flow to now through navigating someone pivoting a completely different career path how if they captivate that feeling of flow and they they they, they take principles you own in the book they they can make that a very successful transition right and I, I wanted to share I wanted to share this because this is how I look at it when I look at someone like Angela Duckworth right she she wrote that New York Times best-selling book grit you, you think of the word grit, now you can't help but think of Angela, right? You look at James Clear, Atomic Habits. You see how this is someone where you think of the word habits, now you can't help but think about them. And even for you, you know, this is me putting on my branding hat and like, you know, my, my marketing background coming into play is you almost now are, like, walking about the earth with this written book and more to come going, hey, yeah, I'm the flow guy, you know? Like, I, I own that word. And that's what I loved about uh, Lewis Howes was, with, with the word greatness. He was a huge inspiration for me behind why I wanted to start podcasting. And he said it himself. He's like, you know what? I'm going to own that word. Greatness, I'm like, when people think of greatness and, and, and what greatness means or is, they're going to think about my name. And it's just like when you wake up every day and you think about how like eventually, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people are going to respect you for putting this word that already exists, this concept that exists but you dug so deep into that concept. you decided to provide even more assessment pieces and tools. And yeah, sure, they already exist and maybe some are from your own interpretation. But what's beautiful is you've cultivated it into one program. And, and you know I, I'll just end it on this note, Mark, where it's like people need to respect and understand that. Just because a concept exists right now doesn't mean you can't elevate it into something that like could be your own. Cause you're just tying in your own personal experiences with it. That's like us. Like we didn't we didn't create the concept of second floor. Second floor, you know, the idea of elevating, getting to the next level, that exists. But like we're taking in our own experiences and conversations and we're owning that word. Yeah. When people think of second floor, they're like, oh yeah.
1: Well that's the thing. When people think creativity is like, oh, just completely creating something new. That doesn't exist. Every creative art, creative music, anything, it's always just taking bits and pieces of your entire experience of life of other people and having your own flavor and your own taste on it. And that's, and that's not, that's, that's what creativity is. It's about being open to, to new ideas and seeing cross sections in different areas. So like, for example, for my, 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 my career transition, it's like, okay, I had to, this, this, this skill set of, of coaching, uh, you know, athletes, performers and, in, in, in mental training, sports psychology. But it's like, how I, can I cross reference that with maybe a different kind of feel that's kind of similar and very similar tools in like career coaching, career development, and how I can merge those. And it kind of became like almost a natural fit. And that's where, breakthroughs kind of sometimes happen i'm saying i'm not saying i'm going through a breakthrough but that's what happens in different areas like how can you take something and then go and well, it was a completely different area and then see how they kind of fit and if it fits oh, then those are the kind of great breakthroughs right and that's the kind of the, the interesting part and then and i think that's something with even like for you guys with like podcasts but then adding element of video that change, completely changes the, the game and it's already people are more engaged and wanted to see a little bit more right mm-hmm. and then, or the element of okay there's a pockets for for health and wellness and then there's the business side and it's like okay how can we kind of that's be having a, a, a higher tolerance for for failure like aiming towards failure right always going towards that's how you learn things you just, you know learn thing, uh you find new ways of doing things by constantly mm-hmm. failing
0: you know when you talk about that element of failure and embracing it and you know you don't you don't tr- you, you don't succeed in something until you you try it out is um it reminds of your four stages of mastery right, right? and there is a component there where i feel like it's stage two where it's the conscious incompetence mm-hmm. and that's where it's like i love how you put it in the book it's like you understand how much you suck like you, you know into stage two out of four, let's say of like really becoming a master at it where you recognize the deficit and, and this is right out of your book and the value of this skill and then you begin addressing the deficit. So you have this concept of, you know, the more I fail, the more I'm going to learn. And it's interesting how I relate that so much to jujitsu. Like this hit me so heavily where someone can start off in jujitsu and, and they could be in stage one and they could be like, in that unconscious incompetence level where they're almost thinking like, you know, they give it a try, but they don't recognize that, sorry, they like, they pretty much at that level don't realize how hard it is to master this. Like they, they, there's this level of unappreciation for it.
1: Well, is that, and if you got to a point of the Dunning-Kruger effect in the book yet, mm-hmm. right? The idea of in the, when the, the more you know, the more you know, you don't know. But that's the funny thing. And then the researchers done in Kruger, they found this uh, over across domains, especially with professors uh, heading into like Ivy League schools, you know, uh, PhD students coming in for the first time. And on the walls, they have Einstein, they have, you know, all these famous kind of scholars. And they, they're thinking to themselves, what, the, what am I doing here? Like, I'm yeah. not good enough. And they found out so consistent, like everyone felt that way. Well, not everyone, but most people felt that way heading into those, those moments. Their confidence is so low, even though their expertise is quite high. Right, and then the funny thing is that people who are actually low expertise have high confidence in the beginning. It's like because they don't know how much there is to learn in, in this in this in this group. And I think I heard this summer, but I think in the in the, especially in the in a martial arts with 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 the belts. There's those, I don't remember which color it is. But there's a cross section where between let's say yellow, maybe green or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's where it's close enough where you know the the level of mastery is not that you know kind of different, but the, the confidence is way higher on the person who's kind of on that lower kind of uh, skill level. Yeah, and they yeah. think they know, but they don't really know. Right, and it, it sometimes hits hard where they, they understand, okay, there's actually so much more I need to to look to learn. And then so when you're, if anyone's listening, and their confidence is dipping, that, that's actually a good thing. That means you're understanding the the topic a bit more, and you're broadening your perspective, and understanding there's so much more to to learn in this. And so eventually, the confidence does kind of go back up once you start accepting realizing, you know, there's so much more I don't know. Right, and, that, and that's okay.
0: That's literally me right now, as a as a purple belt, halfway through my journey uh, to, to, to getting to black belt in jujitsu, is like it, it's humbling myself all over again to learn everything that I haven't learned yet. The beginner's you know, like, mind, I talk about. Yeah, the beginner's mind, exactly. And that's something where it's beautiful because you. As much as I could say, oh, why haven't I learned this yet? It's just there's so many layers to jiu-jitsu. Like, there's so much to learn to the point where, I, like, to give you a concept, I'm doing moves with my legs now. Before, I was very upper body dominant. So I would just stick with, you know, let's oh, wrestle him. Let's take him down. Let's rely on my strengths. Now, instead of building upon my strengths to make them stronger, I'm taking essentially my weaknesses, places where I feel very vulnerable, mm-hmm. And I'm going okay. Well, let's learn as though I'm a white belt all over again. Yeah. Like
1: that's the, the beginner's mind. Can I be can yeah. can I constantly be a white belt? Can I constantly be in a in a, in a state of, of learning? And, and that's I think what's because like you said, it's 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 vulnerable being bringing those 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 flaws to the surface. It's ego coming to play. Oh, okay, oh yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm supposed to be good. all oh, this, right. But I think the the top performer understands and accepts that. That's go towards that discomfort. That's where, where true mastery is going to happen. Well, you become far more
0: on a personality level, calm through the process. Like psychologically, I've just noticed how much it's changed me um, as an athlete, but as a person too. You know, you go from feeling like, oh, yeah, I'm the shit. Like, you know, uh, I'm a purple belt now. Like, nice. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, I know so much to like, wait a second. No, you don't. Every time you're in this position, you're so quick to get out of it because you you couldn't look yourself in the mirror and go, I don't know anything there. Yeah. Now you're staying there. Yeah. You're in the mud again. And 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 you're you're very quickly learning that if you keep practicing in a situation where you feel so vulnerable, you might end up turning that into a strength. And I'm going through that all over again. And yeah. what that what does that do? Back back to flow. Yeah. Right? Like I'm 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 almost I'm falling in love with that concept all over again. And that relates to so many different things, right? Like, think about relationships. It's just like we go over this, like, vicious cycle of, oh, let's just do the same thing over and over again. And, hey, I get tradition, right? Like, oh, we got this little, like, we got this thing we do every year, every month, whatever. But, hey, like, sit down with one another and be like, hey, like, what's, what's something new that you want to try that maybe you, you're too afraid to ask me? And vice versa, or or hey, let's get uncomfortable. Like let's let's have a conversation that like maybe we want to have, but we're too afraid that if we have it, we're gonna break up. Like yeah, you know those yeah, moments yeah. where it's like, I, I encourage anyone in those situations to. I, I just feel like sometimes we let that level of fear take over, and when we're ready to face it, we quickly walk the other way.
1: Yeah, should we do, fear should be used as a compass. Mm. Every every going back to relationships, like I mean every moment that me and my wife like had you know difficult moments that's when we grew the most and then and they completely changed the game and actually it solved all the problems i was afraid to to address and that's the funny thing and so it's the idea of getting getting comfortable with that fear and that's that's just a, a feeling that's just an experience and then we in the book i talk about the practice of, of mindfulness and, and and practicing that idea of is your thoughts your, your feelings your emotions that's not you that's just Something in your consciousness that's just arising. There's only consciousness and its contents. And so the more you can objectify it and see, okay, that's just a thought I had. Does not necessarily mean it's true, right? The more you can just okay, stand to the side and then change your shift your attention to something else, right? If you're if you're if you're sparring and your mind drifts towards, oh am I not good enough, I'm just, well, all these sort of thoughts. Instead of holding on to that thought and giving weight, which becomes a detriment to your performance, you just say, oh, that's a thought, and move to like know stance right whatever you need to, to focus on to bring your attention to what you're doing yeah and that's so flow follows focus and so essentially we got to train ourselves to focus in the present moment and then that's only when when, when we can get into those those moments when, when we kind of time slips away and our mind slips away a mind without mind right
0: no i love that it's a beautiful quote a friend of mine someone very dear to me she said she said you gotta go through it to grow through it yeah I I ate that right up. I actually asked her today. I'm like, hey, before my show, what was that quote you said to me? And uh, yeah, she shared it. And it's like, she said she didn't make up. She didn't make it up herself. But it's like, you don't know what you don't know, right? So like, go through the process of um, failing, you know, see that you're going to learn so much more from that experience and that failure. And let's just call it what it is, embarrassment, than not trying at all. I don't think I shared this with you. I might have, but there was that moment where I went to Vegas. It's my first like really big international competition. My first match, Mark, I went down into an illegal heel hook. Right away, ref went stop. <laughs> Stood back up, and I was like, "Oh, what what happened?" R- right right away, I realized I just did something illegal. I got disqualified. I cried. I just got mad. I just got so upset. You know for. Took me about a couple hours to just recognize, like, okay, well, what did you learn from this? You learned to never ever do that again, and and since then, never got DQ'd. You know, recognized, became way more aware of the rules of the sport. I wouldn't have if I didn't go through that process, and and I find that, you know, a lot about what we talked about today is like being comfortable with asking yourself those hard questions and, 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 and not being hard on yourself. I think it's like important to be, it's like a mix of be easier on yourself, but don't let that trump your ability and opportunity to keep trying new things. Yeah, that, That's what's super important, is yeah. instead of becoming so complacent and comfortable and telling yourself, oh no, this is cushiony and this is just gonna stay how it is, keep thinking how you're gonna make it 1% better. Yeah. And then that way it's not overwhelming, right? Back to your point, it's not just something where you're just saying like, "Oh, I'm just gonna throw this out there and I'm gonna do it." <laughs> That's like me with studying. I'll study. <laughs> That's all I've been saying for a while. I'll study. No, when, how, what time? Ten minutes a day. Do it. Just start. Yeah. And then you know, when you when you have something realistic in place like that, then it can grow and it can unfold to something uh, magical.
1: Yeah. right Well, people think like. I think I just sat down and just kind of just wrote a book. Like that's not how that happened. There's every time I sat down, there's that nagging inner critic, that self-doubt came up. Why are you doing this? Let's just go watch some TV. You know, and then if you give into those those thoughts, if you don't give in the space not about not ignoring those thoughts, it's actually quite the opposite. It's actually by actually leaning into those that thought and you start to to, to to feel there's actually it's not as scary as you think, and that's just the thought I had. That does not mean I need to 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 to, to listen to it. I can choose to focus on writing the book. I had that thought. Okay, cool. Move on to the next. Right. Move on to what I'm actually kind of doing. And that's the practice. Is not that, that you mentioned ju- non-judgmental piece. Don't judge yourself for having getting distracted or having a negative thought. That's just completely normal. That's just part of the human experience. We have a mind that's has a negativity bias. We're we're, we're wired to scan the environment for threats. That's just how we're wired evolutionarily. It makes sense to keep us alive. Doesn't help us nowadays when we're when most of our threats are imagined. But that's that's the trainable piece where we can see our mind for what it is, and, it's, and 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 the more we can recognize that it tends to drift, and then don't judge yourself for that. And just bring your attention gently to what you're doing, and that goes back to having a very clear objective. And so recognize that that's a practice, but also recognize okay, when what is the target? Okay, this is my target. Remind yourself of the target and constantly remind yourself and remind yourself.
0: Yeah, no, it's so true. And and those reminders, they help keep you on track. Right? It's, it's, I love this element of having a checklist, you know, like every single day. This is what needs to get done. Did it get done? And if it didn't, well, what happened? Why didn't it? And, and, and also like that, that level of like 80% completion. It's like, you know what? 80% of hitting it is far better than zero. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, clients will be so damn hard on themselves if they didn't finish. Well, especially
1: for perfectionists. I mean, that's the thing. It's, and it's funny how much that mistakes already I've caught, I've caught in my book now. I'm like, <laughs> but uh, but, uh I love this i uh, heard it sometime someone told uh like a youtube video or something you talk about uh, always just aim for 80 percent it's never gonna be 100 percent right you know it's always something more to change there's always mm-hmm. something more to do right or but you know work is is finite and time is or uh what's the quote um time is finite work is infinite i mean you can always do more work right so you have a limited amount of time so it's all well, Get caught up and then it has to be perfect. I can always change this because there's always something more you can change. Mm-hmm. Aim for that kind of. I mean, it's different for everyone. That just works for me. Is aim for eighty percent, right? And then it's it's gonna end up better than 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 you think it's gonna yeah. end up right. So it's don't push yourself kind of too much. It's always uh, it's just just again going back to what does it really mean to you? Why are you doing this? And if that's the check, if you can check that off, you've you've won.
0: Yeah. I, and that's like one of my favorite first habits to focus on with clients is like you know when they're willing to make 180 degree turn in their life and they're wanting to make so many changes happen all at once i'm like you know what first thing we're gonna focus on is showing up yeah that's it you know let's let's take that first Put your shoes on yeah yeah <laughs> and and it's like hey we show up every day that feels good you got it done yeah, it's all you, all at, sh- yeah it. you showed up for four workouts this week how many did you do last week? Yeah. When when we didn't sign when you weren't with me?
1: One hundred percent improvement. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's huge, right?
0: Or even like okay, they missed one, whatever. It's like hey, still that's three more workouts than you normally would have done before. So yeah, it's a it's a good combination of like setting those clear expectations, so like you know what whatever outcome it is that you can like actually identify, and and I think that's the good thing about being so specific. And um, I'd, I'd like to take the time now, Marek, to sort of here you know where where are you taking things now with uh with the book launch and with um you know you pivoting careers yourself and in 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 the landscape of changing people's um career like what does that look like right now how deep into that process are you
1: yeah it's uh it's an interesting process and it's 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 mostly because of, of COVID, and I'm sure most of yourself and most people have gone through some sort of change, and then self reflection. I've always been a introspective person, and reflecting almost too much at times, but COVID even even more so. And um, but with, with COVID, obviously, it impacted sport a lot, affected my business a lot, and so I was in a position where I'm like, okay. Like this is not gonna not growing, not gonna go to where I want it to go, um, at least for the time being. Um, and then obviously I have, you know, family to take care of I right? take care of myself, we got to do things. Right. So it's like, okay, now what, you know, what do I, how can I still get in touch with this mission I have of helping people, you know, increase their amount of time they spend and flow, uh, and, and wrestling with that, my, my identity of, of being in the sports cycle, that was the biggest thing that hold me back. This is who I am, mm-hmm. this is what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then it's so caught up in the very black and white. If I'm not doing this then I'm a failure. This is what this is what happened before when I was an athlete. This is what kind of drove me to to this field, understanding myself. Because I every time I made a mistake on the on the, on a the soccer field, I, I'd equate that me being a bad person, right? It's very black and white. It has to be you know good or it's that 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 kind of perfection, right? And that's a very you kind know, of tough place to to get into. And I, um, and so I find myself doing the same thing in my career. It's like oh, this is supposed to be who I am. But as was, and you get to learn to decouple like who you are with what you do, right? Those are two kind of separate things. And then you're so much more than just kind of that, that, that career identity, right? There the people who dread that question, the inner like, so, "Who? what do you do? Like, you know, and a yeah, silly, that's a silly, that's why it's why that's the first question we ask. Instead of like, you know, like, what are you most excited about? Like what puts you into flow? Like what's, and that's why well, I'm starting to to ask those types of questions. And, and then the natural kind of fit is like, careers, like what is really a career? I'm interested in what is really a career? What does it mean to, to do a job? Like, what, what is that? Uh, and why are most of us just not enjoying most of the things that kind of we do? Uh, and also on a, a, the other side, is like, is that okay? Is it, are we meant to only follow our passions and we keep getting told like, follow your passions, follow your purpose. Most yeah. people don't know what, what their passions are. And sometimes that's okay to not know what your passions are. And passions change. I had a passion and things change and I had to kind of shift and then find new ways. And I'm in a state of that beginner's mind and, and finding how can I transition these skills into maybe a broader questions than something else. And right now it's, a, it's kind of the, it's that career development field and helping people navigate the stressors of career change and identity and you know for example I'm working with someone who's a an air uh, airplane pilot furloughed airplane pilot air canada he was, he was doing singapore airlines and air canada wow. and then now he's driving uber he's making eight grand a month and now he's driving uber part-time and now the, the market is saturated with uber drivers so he can't even do that as much and so identity is tied towards being an airline pilot so how do you deal with that
0: yeah, there's an identity crisis that can unfold through that. Yeah. And a lot of people who've gone through that in the past year where uh, financial hits have uh, been taken and now something that was merited as having status is gone. Exactly. And that can t- that can hinder on themselves thinking who they are now. But I love how you beautifully put it. And it's my reference in the book where it's like when someone asks who you are – it is not entirely what you do yeah they like they we are more than that you know the other day i was having a conversation with someone and it was like i just I, I wasn't mad or anything like i just simply was like it was interesting to see how we were talking about identity and like oh uh they were like oh you're identified as someone who potentially is an indian person and i was like well you know what i i, I now i'm starting to recognize that like well, for starters, I'm just as Canadian as I am Indian, probably more so Canadian than I'm Indian. But it's even funny, even from like an ethnic standpoint, where it's like, oh, first thing you want to say is, oh, I'm a first generation in this. It's like, well, what about like, I love how you said in the book with exercise of like, figure out your values and your identity. Like, why, why don't we go off of like, hey, for starters, I'm energetic, I'm outgoing, I'm happy, I'm vibrant, Yeah. as opposed to, oh, I'm a fitness professional. Like, I'm guilty of that all the time. Yeah. Right. Like literally, again, going back to like, who do I showcase myself as in social media? Well, it's so related to what I do for work. Well, why can't I show other elements of who he exactly. is? And it's amazing. It's, it's so cool to hear that. Like you're taking this concept you love clearly and know about really well. You know, like your level of mastery of flow is very high. And now you're applying it in different avenues.
1: Well, to, to, to of, summarize, like the, the answer to that, I guess, the question, image of where am I at? like I'm experimenting life without a job identity right now. And that's and that's very difficult to do. Yeah. Uh, and then so as you know, it's like my my social media profiles, like, I don't like put like when I do all this is like, you know, it doesn't you know, because you know, see everyone's profile bios or you know, what they do and all this. But it's like you're so much more than that, like you know. And that's and that's where I'm. Exp- I'm not saying I have the answers. This is where I'm at. I'm very in the in that beginner stage of exploring. Like, what is what? Is, first of all, what does it mean to me, really? Because I mean, I relate to you mentioned the ethnic identity too. I mean, uh, I've you know Uh, a son of immigrant parents as well and it's like i had the identity crisis like am i polish am i canadian am i when i'm when i'm there i'm more canadian when i'm here i'm more polish it's like Mm -hmm. i had that struggle too it's like where do i fit really and and i kind of dealt with that and i'm in the place now it's like i don't really have identified as nationalities anymore really i'm like i'm just swam or humans kind of thing right but a different kind of a tangent but yeah yeah uh, but that's similar that's and that's thing. that's and it's that happens i mean there's psychologi- psychological theories of how children go through development and there's certain stages in their life where they go identity crisis and they try to develop okay i need to be this and this and this and i think what's interesting for me now is how do we teach young kids and i think we're doing it the wrong way we're, we're, we're filtering through a, a certain path where they have to decide what they want to do very really quickly and what they without really exploring and understanding what why
0: Well, I mean, it's like, where's our, even for me, when I identify and respect my exploration phase of my life and the components in it was university, it was navigating different career paths. However, it was never deemed as an exploration phase. I had to, I had to classify it as that. And to your point, I find it sad where, yeah, at a young age, to be honest, not, not to disrespect the educational institution of my parents, but there was never this encouraging factor associated with anyone telling me, oh, just like, you need to explore. Yeah. You need to, like, fuck up. You, 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 you need to just uh, navigate through multiple changes. It's healthy for you. That was deemed as... Oh no, you need structure. You need to be in a position for at least a year. Yeah. Or oh, you're leaving something under a year. Oh, that's unprofessional. 100%. You know, I and then what did I classify myself as, Mark? A job hopper. Oh, yeah. like how much that made me like felt like that that that's stunned. Yeah. Or moment. if I don't
1: get that job, I'm a failure. Yeah, right. but
0: I mean now I don't regret it. Cause now I'm like that what I needed that. I needed that shit. From twenty to twenty-five. I needed to be like, hey, this is the time to make all the mistakes in the world and try a bunch of different things. But I mean, good. We've got people now like, you know, guys like Gary Vee and people out there who say that that's important. So that way you don't have to have this like really low self-fulfilling prophecy that makes you feel um, so incapable of where you should fit in. And I find that we're living in a world now where everyone needs to be like, where do I fit in? Where do I fit in? Where do I fit in? And then then you start feeling like, unfortunately, like you start like beating yourself up mentally about it.
1: Yeah. in reality, it's like, hey, I'm, it's okay to yeah, still be figuring exactly. it out. There's a new wave yeah. of uh, uh, um, career psych- like, uh, development theories, which I'm really bought into. Because the old model is you take an assessment test. This is where you fit your personality. Okay, you work in this job. You're putting it yeah. in the boxes, right? <laughs> and there's a new wave. It's it completely flips out on the head. It's called planned happenstance. The idea is, and especially in the people in a career development field, you ask them, how, like I remember I was in a I was doing I was a career mentor for the U of A and was working with a student to be a group session and they asked like how many of you here uh, are working in the field that you went to school for and like maybe one person out of you know 60 put their hand up right and that's the idea like most of us don't do the thing that we kind of you know thought we we're going to do and that's okay we get we cop an idea oh, no, this is what I did I have to do this this is what Instead of expert, no. What's 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 new? So plan happens. So there's a couple elements they, they they talk about. You need to train, and one of them is that curiosity. So uh, ambival- ambivalence of what you want to do and not knowing what you do is not a bad thing. That's actually that's that's a I what they what they what they what they call, but it's the idea of of having an open mind. I think that's they reframe it as having an open mind. You're not you know you don't you're not a bad person for not knowing what you do. You just have an open mind, mm-hmm. right? And then, so you're flipping down on its head, and it's actually a positive thing. And I think that's and that's how I where it ties into into flow. It's like start asking yourself, so what puts you into one, all those moments when I stop thinking, one of those moments when I'm just like in the moment, when when three hours go by, like this conversation, an hour and a half already went by, right? It's like what are those moments that those happen? It's like okay, there's something there. So start journaling that, start noticing things, start working these things. Okay, I like to be in this position. I like to talk to people. Okay, maybe there's something there. Explore that, right? Of course, there's there's elements of. Of, of of you need to pay the bills, you need to do this this, and this, but it's like sometimes that's okay. You need to have five, you know pay money, but no, that's there's a long goal in mind. You know, have that. What's the, what's that long term objective? How is this process I me, you working a Uber, is, is a process goal to you working to something bigger down the road? Yeah, right. Reframe it in that way.
0: No, I love that. And when you when you say that, it reminds people to recognize like what skill they're acquiring through that process. Right? Like to to go through the motions of, yeah, driving an Uber. Well, who did you meet? Who was who, who someone you met? Oh, did you get better at mm-hmm. conversing with people because mm-hmm. you were stuck in a car with someone? And- the jobs I, the worst jobs I had
1: is the one I learned the most from. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Right?
1: You remember from, from your life, right? It's crazy.
0: Yeah. And it's like that is what continuously shapes who you are. And I love how you said that because to identify with recognizing where you're spending your time the most, but what makes you stop? to spend more time doing just that. You know the things that you decide to push a little bit longer? Well, why? How did that person make you feel? You know, what, what, what was going on in your head? What questions did you start asking? Okay, now through what you just mentioned, journaling or the process of reflection, those are the moments where you sit down with yourself for 30 minutes. To be honest, I'm working on that. But I notice lately when I'm showering, I'm in like a high level of like deep thinking. That's where I'm like, okay, like, you know, what did I learn over the past day? What did I? What am I about to do today? Well, what difference do I want to make, or, or or who's going to make a difference in my life today?
1: Shower is the best place for that because it's a Great. it's a low grade uh, physical activity because you're you're wiping you're you're doing all these things right and it's, so your mind's kind of semi focused on that so but allows your brain to be just enough disconnected to attach new ideas yeah. and so it's creativity is wrapped. And- I've
0: I've had moments Marek where that's happened <laughs> like it's it's gotten real deep lately to the point where. I, and I don't know if it's just, like, maybe I'm just getting my head squished too fast into the mat space where I'm forgetting too much information and, and my, my head's loopy. But I'd be like, did I brush? Or I'd be like, did I wipe my body with soap? Did I do that? Like, I would forget. Like And I'm like, it's because my mind is so fixated on, like, it going certain places and, yeah. and like, thinking about what's been going on. So, yeah, I, to your point, man, I encourage our listeners and even, you know, myself and what I gained in this conversation is to to pay attention to to what your mind is telling you. And sometimes pay attention to what your mind's not telling you, mm. right? I think that's going to factor in the people being able to make uh, better decisions for themselves, right? And um, I just want to take the time, man, to, to thank you and acknowledge you for, for doing something that you told us over two years ago that you were going to accomplish. And I remember you sitting across the table from us in our first original studio saying, yeah, like, I, I love what I do so much that I want to write a book on it. And, and here we are, fast forward two years later, and you did. And now you're taking that um, high level of focus and energy um, with what you know about flow and, and you're, you're, you're changing people's lives, right? Initially athletes and now um, people who are like navigating career change. And I felt like that was just another important reason why we have you on because that's where we started. You know, we started lost and confused, not knowing where where our careers were going to go. I remember sitting down with you in the room, you know, when you were my sports psychological consultant, and you were like, "Listen, man, like, you got a lot going on here," (laughs) and I was telling you like six, seven, eight different things. I I can confirm to people listening. But like the beautiful part about that, man, is like even and I don't know how well you're aware of this and knowing this, you helped me recognize that you like you were a big part in my career shift. I had to take moments in our conversation and the exercises we've done in the first lockdown when I sat down with myself and go, Yeah, this is too much. Choose one thing. I remember you and me were identifying like, okay, based off of time, what's the percentage? What are the percentages of my time being spent in jujitsu in my career at that time? And are you happy with that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you happy? And then what I did was I recognized, yeah, the things that are pulling me towards taking more of my time and energy, that's going to be the focus and the only focus. So it's a no-brainer when I hear that you're going to be a part of changing people's careers because you did that for me in the space of me being a pro athlete. And it just goes to show that like you as a person, Marek, but you as what you're specialized in is, is something that a lot of people can learn from and that's why i just want to take the time to have you let us know like where can people find you to so they can so you could do that for them um anywhere in the world because i know you have an online platform but also where in edmonton um can people uh, stay in touch with you and and potentially do a program with you
1: yeah no again well thank you for for having me on again it's it's always a pleasure to be on the show um and i'm glad to hear you got Something out of our, our session, so I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, people can send best places is my website, uh, www.flowperformancepsych.com. Um, like so, if you're an athlete, you can still work with it. I still do you know, uh, mental training, uh, for athletes as well. But I'm also transitioning to the kind of career transition, career development kind of field as well. So, if you're interested in that. Uh, I'd be happy to, to support you. Um, Instagram is a good place as well. Uh, Marek T Komar, uh, simple as that on my Instagram. Um, Catch
0: him in a month though; he's on his
1: Instagram clan Yeah, that's right. Don't don't <laughs> don't DM me now. And we'll get back to you. <laughs> well, for... I mean, by the time this <laughs> goes out there, you'll probably be maybe yeah yeah, yeah yeah So yeah, so DM me. Yeah, so do DM me. we will we see? Maybe I won't be able be back ever again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just <laughs> it will me back right. in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are the kind of the, the good places, and yeah, definitely check out my book. Uh, it's on, on the website at psych.com slash book. It comes with a free uh, kind of workbook with it to download so you can do some exercises. So that's the kind of best place. And I'm always happy to hear feedback. That's my, my we talk about feedback so definitely give us some feedback on how it went. And yeah, thank you again for having me on.
0: Not a problem, man. Um, you know, we always like to ask every single one of our guests this, even if we've already asked them, is... You know, we want to know hear from this. you now. What, what does it take to be on, on the second floor, Mark? What you does know, it take? Yeah, you know, when we look back on, you know, the steps that need to be taken to, you know, have you reached where you reached at this point now, you know? Like, you clearly spent quality time in, in figuring yourself out more and, and getting a published book accomplished, which is huge, man. Like, that's not easy. So going through the motions of, of, of being very clear on how you spend your time and, and how to elevate in life and health and business. Uh, what what does that take f- uh, based off your experience for someone and our listeners to, to take what they're doing to the next level?
1: Understand what is that second level for you and why you're doing it. Don't take some time off social media, take some time off for yourself, really get clear on what it is you like to do, why do you like to do it and how to do it. There's plan out some steps. Right, uh, and that's gonna change. Don't think that's your first, you know, idea is gonna be the one. It might be, it might not, but be flexible to change. Right. And so really, but I think emphasizing the why you're doing this. If that's anything, if it's if you want to be the next bodybuilder, if you want to be the next world champion, first answer why. If I if I had a gun to your head and, and asked you in three three words, you know, why? If you can answer that, then you're in a pretty good spot. Um, but yeah, so. Figure that out and trust the process. Live slow, find flow. I
0: love it, man. There you have it. The one and only Marek Komar. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you being on here. And I feel like a lot of people are going to find value with everything that you said today. Cheers, brother. Cheers, man. That's a wrap. (laughs) Boom. There it is, my man. (laughs) That was fantastic.